Nice to see all you bright, shiny faces. Hey, how about the temperature, huh? Is this great or what? We're so spoiled. We love it. Um, a few slight changes in temperature on the right side, and we're all happy. Um, hey, listen, uh, uh, Rebecca, would you come on up? Rebecca recently um, uh, won a trip to China. I mean, who does that, right? Who wins a trip? Rebecca does. That's, and um, she got it while she was there. Thank you for that spontaneous applause for her. And um, she got a chance to spend some time with uh, Stacy. And so I want to have her talk a little bit about her trip and about Cece, Stacy, and we have some pictures as well. So I don't know if you want that to roll in the background. If you want to narrate some of them, just go ahead and roll, roll some pictures. I have one picture I want to comment on. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about the trip and, you know, kind of how that whole thing went down. Well, it was amazing. We, um, I won the trip, and then we were able to fly in early, three days early, to spend time with Cece and her girls. And so it was so cool. Her heart, I can't tell you how big her heart is. And it's, you know, I was thinking we always give to missions, and yeah, that's nice. And, you know, but you don't always get to see the results of your giving firsthand. I mean, that just doesn't happen. And I felt so blessed because I was able to see the results of, of our giving these kids, it's amazing. You know, she had the school for the street kids for a long time. And um, one of the boys is grown now. He's gone. But we got to meet him and have lunch with him. And he loves Jesus. And it's all because, you know, we, we gave. We went out into the world. Maybe we didn't physically go, but we were able to help her go by blessing her. And she was able to do it. I've never been called to missions. Thank you, Jesus. This is not my thing. But you know what? We have a mission field here. And your people, your family are missions. Your giving to missions is being called. We, um, these are the things we took to the, to, the, um, to the women. Right now she has a, a mom's home. And the Catholic charities, they, keep, they help the pregnant moms and they stay there. But once they have the babies, they're out. And there's nowhere to go in China. I mean... You're already, you're a single mom. That's horrible. And she takes them in. She can house, let's see, I had to write some stuff down because I'm still just a touch tired. Um, they have five to seven usually in-house. These are some of the girls that were with her when we were there and their children. Their children stay there with them. They send them to school. They work. They make um, bags and things. So we went to dinner with them one night, and this was some of one of her girls, two of her kids. There was a couple other girls. They'll flash up in a minute. But, you know, to, it was just amazing to get to see and do all this with her. Her heart is so big. We were walking down the street one night, and there are no homeless people in China. Did you know that? They're all in prison. Because I asked her, I'm like, where are the homeless people? She goes, they're in prison. I was like, whoa. But one night we saw a man. We were walking, and we came out of the subway, and he had no feet. And so he was just laying there. And so she's like, she, her heart is just so big. She went down to a restaurant, got him food, and came back. He had gone, probably because he didn't want to go to prison. Somebody had obviously taken him away. But her heart is just that big that she would bless these people who aren't even in her, um, in her, in, in her inner circle. Do you know what I'm saying? So she houses these girls. And her, they have 
It's a two-story house. There'll be a picture come up in a minute. That's not worms. That's a vegetable. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm not eating that till I know what it is. But um, so the girls come in, and they, they make the bags that Cece's had when she was here. And they make these bags. This is um, somebody from our church sent Candyland. And so this is us playing Candyland with, that's Ruth. That's her assistant and two of the kids. So we were playing Candyland with them one day. So whoever sent that game, it's well used. <laughs> they loved it. And um, I'm just kind of losing my thought. So anyway, she brings the girls in. They work. They send their kids to school. The kids there have to pay to go to school. That's the boy who... Um, grew up in her school and is now working. He's a manager of a restaurant. One of the other boys who grew up in her school is now the um, personal chef to the prince of Saudi Arabia. So God's getting around, and he's using, you know, us to help. So many people from here donated the, the leggings. They love the leggings, the games, the wall murals that, that you guys sent. The candy was a hit, a big hit. They're... Um, back to their house. So their house is two stories and they have a bathroom, <clears throat> not like you think of our bathrooms. They do have running water in the sink and they have a toilet that they really need a new toilet. And their bathtub is they have to pour the water in. They don't have water and drains like you think of, like we have. So they have to put it in, take it out. They have no air conditioning, none. It gets over 100 degrees in the summer, and the humidity is sweltering. We, it was sweltering when we were there, and it was only 90. They have, um, in the winter, it gets to about 12 degrees, and um, they have to use coal, and they use it to heat it. They have a boiler room that heats it. So it was just amazing. She was so blessed by everything everybody did, and I just want to encourage you guys to not give up because it makes such a big difference. You're giving. If we hadn't get, I mean, the Prince of Saudi Arabia, you know, the other guy managed, there are several others, but those are the two that just popped out. This is her driver. She doesn't drive there, so she took us, they took us around. They were so hospitable. That was one thing. I wasn't really sure how the Chinese people were. They were so nice, so, so nice. And we learned so much. So. Oh, that, that's a toilet. That's a woman's toilet. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, in Cece's house, they have a regular one, like you think of, we have. But, yeah, it kind of is in need of repair. It doesn't, you have to reach in and take care of it. But, yeah, that's, that's a toilet. All right. Cool. Lots Thank of good awesome. exercises there. Yeah, right. Thank you, Rebecca. We, and at the end of service, we'll, we'll be cycling through more of those pictures. Um, I, I, did, I did like the one particular picture that had, it was the soup that had the fish head sticking out of it, you know, and, and with the eyeball and all that. I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff. The purpose of her sharing is, one, just to celebrate what God did. Um, there was uh, two extra suitcases full of stuff that, that you were able to bring over. 
And, you know, that's expensive, but someone donated that. And so what a blessing to be able to minister. And, and she said this, and I want you to feel this. She said, she said that it was, we, it was so good that we were there. And, and take this in the right context. And she said, because Stacy just needed to be around some American girls. Yeah, you know, just, just have fun and just be... Because, you know, she's, her entire life is China. And when someone from home comes to see her, it is such a blessing. And so when you give to missions and we talk about these things, there it is. There's the connection. It's not just something that's being sent. And by the way, last, I think it was two weeks ago when we did a missions offering, we were able to give plus $700 to Foursquare Disaster Relief as well. And that's money that's going right to, they're on ground zero in, in the places where hurricanes have hit. And so there's a connection between what we give and, 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 and what it actually does, all right? Cool. All right, so um, we're continuing in our series on covenant. Have you been blessed by the series on covenant? I don't know if you heard last week, but there's over 115 people in our church that are in light groups throughout the week. And so we want to encourage you to get to a light group. By the way, um, there is a men's breakfast that's happening on Saturday morning, this coming Saturday at 8 a.m. And so um, we, we want to, guys, want to encourage you to come to that. There's always plenty of good food, but there's also a good time in the Word and good fellowship. The, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of another. And bring somebody that maybe wouldn't come up to connect, grow, uh, to connect on Sunday. Maybe they wouldn't go to a light group, but maybe they would go to a men's breakfast. Because that's the idea of these things. It's to fellowship, but also to bring people to connect with one another and, and maybe even to, uh, uh, to, to connect on, on, uh, uh, with the Lord. And so covenant, that's what we're going to talk about today. And everybody say this key word, remember. Okay, remember that word. What's the word? Remember. Um, so the two aspects of, of this is it's, it's as, you know, and uh, I don't think it's an age thing, but as you get a little bit older... You, you start to, like, forget things, you know, like simple things, you know, and, and there's various degrees of that, you know, and um, I don't, I don't, cons- I consider myself young at heart, because I don't consider myself old, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, and I, I mean, that's just me, I mean, some people would say, no, you are, bro, but maybe I'm in denial, but um, uh, uh, there are, there are, as, there, there are certain things, you know, that you forget, you know, like, like, like when your glasses are on your head, and you're looking all over for them, you know? How about when your cell phone is in your hand, and you're like, hey, where's my cell phone? Because I'm so used to, you guys, you guys are looking at me like this doesn't, ha- okay, that's, that's good. You know, and you know, how about so- someone that you've known for years and years, and you're talking about them to someone else, and they go, what's his name? And you go, uh, oh, can you believe it? I can't think of his name. It's like, oh my, you've got to be kidding me. I need more fish oil or something. I don't know. But remember, okay? And so we're going to talk a little bit about God and how God remembers things. But it's a little bit different than how we remember things in the context of covenant. And one thing I want to say about this also is that, is that when we talk about God being in covenant, you know that, that if for those of you who are married, do you remember when you, when you first, when you were first married, it was fresh, first love, and, and guys, I'll pick on you because I am one, uh, maybe your bride would say, oh, you know, could you go downstairs and get me, you know, a glass of water? And you're like, sure, anything for you, right? 
And then maybe 10 years later, it's like, oh, would you go downstairs and get me some water? And you're like, oh, come on. I just got to bed. Why didn't you get it when you were down there? Man. And then maybe 10 years after that, you know, would you, honey, would you go down and get me some water? And you kind of act like you're sleeping. <laughs> like you are not sleeping. You know? And, and there are certain things in a marriage, you understand, there are things that, that, that you just need to do. And as Christians, followers of Christ, there's a whole bunch of things in the Word of God that talk to us about marriage and how we're to react and act in marriage, right? And some of those things are things you're just supposed to do. And sometimes, would you agree with me? Don't raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. But would you agree that there's sometimes you just do it because you're supposed to, but you don't really feel like it? Don't raise your hand. Yeah, it's just like, you know what? I'm really not feeling this right now, but yeah. Man, because you're my wife, I'll do it. But you're like, oh, man, don't raise your hand. Some of you, I can tell by the look on your face, you're feeling me right now. Yeah, I get that, bro. All right. So in the Bible, there's a word. It's called zakar. Everybody say zakar. Zakar. I think that's, an ama- like, that's, a, that's a great name for a dog. And, and should I ever, ever get a dog, um, we're going to call him zakar. I like that name, zakar. Because everybody will say, what does that mean? Oh, it's a, it's a word from the Bible. Zakar in the Bible means to remember, or to think of, or to mention. Zakar. It's first used in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, in the context of covenant. Okay, so remember and covenant kind of go together, as we'll see. So, in Genesis 8, chapter 1, it says, but God what? Remembered Noah. Now, question, does God forget anything? No. But there's a, there's a meaning behind the word. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock with him in the boat. He, went, uh, he sent a wind to blow across the earth and the floodwaters began to recede. The underground waters stopped flowing and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the floodwaters gradually receded from the earth. Okay, one example. Another example, Genesis chapter 9 verse 12 says, Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. Then I will what? Remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. So the rainbow is a covenant sign that God said that he, it would be a symbol not to remind him because he forgot of the covenant that he has made with the earth to never flood the entire earth again. Doesn't mean there aren't regional floods as we have seen in hurricanes. Doesn't mean that, but he'll never flood the earth again. Genesis 19, uh, 29, it says this, And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that is Sodom and Gomorrah, that God, what's the word? remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. So because of God's covenant with Abraham, he brings that covenant into mind or he actuates on the covenant or he moves on behalf of the covenant that he made with Abraham and he rescues Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, and some would argue the Lot had no business being in Sodom and Gomorrah anyway. But that's, you know, that's debatable, but that's for another discussion anyway. 
And so Psalm chapter 25, verse 5 through 7, bring together covenant, remembrance, and mercy. And we'll get to that in just a bit. Mercy. So it says this, and this is our key scripture for today till we get to the end. Says David, King David says, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. What's the word? Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your what? Loving kindnesses, for they are from old. Now he says this in an interesting way. Do not what? Remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions, and this is the key part right here, according to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. So he links together this idea of remembrance with covenant and with mercy, mercy. And that's another key word in covenant that we want to talk about today. Uh, One way to define mercy is to look at And compare that to grace and to justice. For example, justice is getting what we deserve. That's justice. If someone harms you or commits a crime against you, you want what? Justice. And if it doesn't meet your approval, then you're mad at a judge or the system. And you say it's not fair. It's not right. We want justice justice, right? And when it applies to us. Now, a lot of people think about God and they think God is not just. How can he allow the things that happen in this world and still be a God of justice or a God of love or a God of mercy? So justice is getting what we deserve. Just a quick show of hands. How many of you don't want God's justice against you. Anybody at all? Yeah, I don't know about you, but Lord, do not. I don't want, because if, if, if that happens, it will not be good for me. Okay? Now, grace is getting what we don't deserve. Grace is, get, justice is getting what we deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. We'll talk more about that. But by God's grace, we get eternal life. By God's grace, we get all the promises of God in Christ Jesus. It's God's grace that saves us. And we can go, we can spend weeks and weeks and weeks talking about God's grace. But that's positive in getting something that we do not deserve. Mercy, and this is kind of a technical term, is the act of not administering justice when that justice is punitive. So uh, mercy is not getting something that you deserve. Because of our sinful condition, uh, God is perfect. We are not. All human beings have sinned, Romans 6.23 says, and fallen short of the glory of God. And the glory of God is his perfection, his righteousness, that Jesus, even when he walked on the earth, he never sinned, not once in word or thought or in deed. And so God is perfect. We are not Therefore, we have a problem. And the problem is our sin separates us. And the end result, because God is just, the end result of our sin causes us to be separate from him. God is righteous and holy, and he cannot just 
pretend that we are not who we are. He can't just, we violate his law over and over and over again. And if someone did that and went before a judge and that judge says, well, listen, I see that basically you're a good person. And yeah, you had a tough upbringing. And I know you robbed that bank, but you know what? I am, I'm going to let you out today. And we'd scream, that is not justice. How can you do that? God is just, and therefore, sin cannot be in his presence. It can't be. It has to be dealt with. The wages, or the end result of sin, is death. But the scripture says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, there's where God's, God's mercy is not giving us what we deserve. You know, we have to agree with God that, yeah, we're sinners. I mean, that's a part of the journey to him. Unless you admit that you have a sin issue, you'll never come to him. So you admit that because you know it's true, and it's true for everyone else. And then God's mercy, God's, God's grace and, and, and uh, 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 kicks in that mercy, and, and we have relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So he provides the way for us to get to him through what Jesus Christ did by living a perfect life, right? Um, So Deuteronomy chapter 7, and this is another key word that we've been talking about in regards to to covenant. Verse 6, it says this, and I think I've mentioned this every week, and it's kind of a key foundational scripture about the nature and character of God. It says, for you are a holy people... To the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. This is God, in a sense, speaking to the nation of Israel and and explaining to them the the special place that they have. Verse 7 says, The Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord, what? loves you. That's motivation, loves you. And because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand, and this is out of Egypt, and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy. Notice how the two are linked together. For a thousand generations, for those who love him, and keep his commandments. But I want you to see that it says in verse 8, I want you to catch this, that because the Lord loves you, so that's first, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, he delivered you with a mighty hand. So I want want you to hear that and feel that, and we'll get back to it. Numbers chapter 14 verse 18 gives us a little bit more into the character of God, and it asks this question, and this is a question that if you're part of our light groups, uh, uh, our light groups this week, you're going to be um, uh, uh, going through this. Qu- it's a question that's brought up in in the, in the teachings, and, and and the question is, but does but does God really want to? Now, here's remember the the the, the story of, of marriage and how maybe at first, man, you really wanted to, and and, and boy, you could you could. 
You know, in fact, you might go get, you might even notice that your spouse didn't have any water. You might go down and get some without even being asked. How many know that's points, fellas? That's points, points, big time points, right? You'd be like, yeah, oh, you brought me water. Yeah, 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 just, you know, notice you didn't have any, ooh. I don't know, maybe I'm telling on myself, huh? Anyway, um, listen, so, but then you maybe as marriage goes on, you begin to do it because you sort of have to. Because, well, because I'm married, I do it. But I want you to see this here. Does, does God want to? I think sometimes we get the idea of God that he just kind of tolerates us. And that he, he the, you know, the only reason that he does what he does is because we're, he's sort of, we have this covenant relationship with him. You know, like he's, he's a, like a father in heaven who, who, who yeah, he blesses us. And, and, and we, we plead, oh God, please, please, please. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, here. Just, no. And, and this is what Numbers says about his, his, his loving kindness or his mercy. So it says, um, Numbers 14, 18 says, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We're talking about who God is and he's abounding in it. It's not just get this, feel it, hear it, that this love that God has for his people is not just something that he does, it's something that he is. His love for you emanates from the very core of who he is. When you talk about God, you talk about love because God is love. It's not that he just loves, and the Bible tells us that for God's soul love that he gave, but that's not all to it. Beyond that, it's who he is. It's the nature of God. It comes because not just because of the covenant relationship that he has with Jesus, but he does it because he wants to do it. Do you get that? And do you believe that he wants to do it to you? We'll, get, we'll talk more about that. Mercy is not just something that God has to do because of covenant arrangements. It's who he is. It's the very core of who he is. When you look into, uh, when you look at, I'm not even sure how to say this, but when you look, when you look at God, when you, when you begin to understand who God is, then you see his loving kindness and his grace and his mercy poured out on behalf of Jesus to us. 1 Peter 1.3 says it this way. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. For what purpose to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great, what? Mercy. His great love. That word mercy is a, is a covenant term you could say Loving kindness too. So it's because of his great mercy that he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. By the way, if you're not aware of it, this Thursday, 
there is a movie that's showing, and it's only showing Thursday on the life of Steve McQueen. And you may not know that as he walked away from Hollywood, he walked into Jesus. And at the end of his life, he gave his life to the Lord. And I know we, we, we've got light groups, and that's our priority, but if you don't have a Thursday night light group, and especially if you want to bring somebody to hear, it's a, 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 I've just seen glimpses of it. It's an amazing story, but it was because of God's great mercy that that man's eyes were opened before he died, and he came to know the Lord Jesus. Titus 3 says it this way, verse 4, But when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, this is the Amplified Bible, in human form as a man, Jesus Christ, he saved us. Not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and what? Oh, you don't have that, do you? Sorry. I'm like, like, y'all aren't saying it. That's because you don't have that one. Sorry. And mercy, by the cleansing of the new birth, that is spiritual transformation or regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we would be justified, made free of the guilt of sin by his compassionate, undeserved grace, and that we would be acknowledged as accepted to him, made heirs of eternal life, actually experiencing it according to our hope, his guarantee. That's the Amplified Version. The New Living Translation puts it this way. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Mercy, loving kindness. But remember that that links together with our word remember. And so in Luke chapter 1, the New Testament, things are coming about. Jesus Christ is about to be born on the earth. And... Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, is also with child. And she's with a child who will be called John the Baptist. And I want you to get the context of this expression. And this is, this is the, these are the words of John the Baptist's father. Okay? And he says this in an exclamation of praise and worship. In Luke chapter 1, verse, the tail end of verse 68, he says, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, Because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David. By the way, if you've ever wondered why Jesus is called the son of David, that goes back to the covenant that God made with King David. Okay? And so, uh, uh, he, he references that promise through the holy prophets long ago. Speaking of the covenant. Verse 71. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. God remembers the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. He remembers the Abrahamic covenant. 
We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. And then he says this in verse 78, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide us uh, to the path of peace. God's mercy. Psalm 23, 6 puts it this way, a familiar psalm. You know, a lot of people who maybe aren't really regular church attenders, they've heard this psalm, the great psalm of King David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the man after God's own heart, Psalm chapter 23. But I want to focus on one verse in verse uh, 6. He says this at the end of his psalm, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down and all, right? And when he gets to the end of that, he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then he jumps out of the current and he speaks to a time in the future and he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's not talking about the temple on earth because he actually wanted to build the temple, but the Lord would, wasn't God's plan for him to do that because Solomon was to build the temple. So he's not talking about dwelling in the temple forever. He's talking about a future place. But I want to get back to this. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness means Bountiful blessings. The blessings of heaven, all that God has will follow you. Mercy, yeah, that's a word that we know. That can be translated loving kindness, favor, steadfast love, grace even sometimes in the New Testament. It's not a stretch to even use that word. And so this word is a word that we've looked at many times. It's called hesed. Hesed is a word that we've talked about. It's a term for God's covenant, and it's used 246 times in the Old Testament, and half of those times it's used in the book of Psalms. You could say that Hesed, covenant, that covenant language, that loving kindness of God, was one of David's favorite words when he thought about God's love for his people. So Psalm 33.5 says this, The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. The question that you'll be asked this week and we presented this morning, does God do it because he has to? And the answer is no. It's because of who he is. Does God love you because he's sort of stuck with you and he has to love you and because of the covenant relationship that he has with Jesus? No, that's a part of it. Because without that, he would not pour out his mercy on you. But it's not the reason, the sole reason is because of his steadfast love, his mercy. And the psalmist in Psalm 33 says, the earth is full of the steadfast love of God. Psalm 86, 13 says, for God is your, uh, for great is your steadfast love toward me, King David says. Psalm 98, 3 says, he has remembered. So whenever you see that, you know that's the context of covenant. God has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness. The loving kindness of God, David says, surely Goodness 
and mercy, kindness, his steadfast love will follow me all the days of my... What does that mean? What does it mean that you, as a follower of Jesus and a believer in him, walking in his grace and his mercy, that his steadfast love, his goodness and his kindness will follow you all the days of your life. Here's what it means. Here's what I think it means. Whatever situation that you're in, God's got you and he's got your situation. Because his, 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 his loving kindness, goodness and mercy. There it is. Yeah, I had one of those moments. I knew it. His goodness and mercy follows you all. He's got your situation. It means this. It means that God's love, it, it pursues you. And can I say this? That God pursues you relentlessly. He will not give up on you. He will not quit on you. He will not stop loving you and stop pursuing you. And that's why when I finally surrendered my heart to Christ, it was like immediately I looked back and I remembered all the times that I had God moments in my life. I remember being a little boy and I had this book that uh, it was a, I couldn't read at the time because I, you know, I was a young guy. And uh, But look at the pictures. And it had pictures of Adam and Eve in the garden sinning. I go, ooh. Then it had pictures of the snake and the apple. I don't know if it was an apple. I think it was a mango, but that's just me. Um, it, it had pictures of, 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 uh, of, of Cain, you know, had killing Abel. And, and I remember, look, and I just remembered, like, man, as a young man, I, I remember times when people try to tell me about Christ. I remember one time, and I've shared this with you, when I was playing at UNLV and Coach Tarkanian, uh, after practice, he would sometimes sit us down on, on the bench and say, all right, guys, and he'd go on to some long speech about something. We were so, after two and a half hours of practice, the last thing we want to hear is another speech of the story we've already heard 3.4 times, all right? And that, that it's like, can we just go now? And he says this. He says to us, he goes, hey, uh, this guy wants to talk to you guys. And I remember looking going, oh, man, who is this guy? You know, and, he, and, and the guy starts talking, and he starts talking about Jesus. And, I, and I'm sitting there, my head down, and I'm going, no way. No, he's not. What? And I'm listening going, ooh, these are dangerous words, dangerous words. I know it. And I'm like, ah. And finally, he kind of stopped talking to us, and I'm like, oh, great, it's over. Because... And then in the locker room afterwards, there's an, I remember this. It's an eerie silence. And I noticed it. I'm like, ooh, it's too quiet in here. Someone needs to say something. You know what that was? That was God's spirit that was convicting everyone in that room because we knew we weren't right with God. But you couldn't tell us nothing. You couldn't tell us nothing. By the way, mostly everybody in that room became followers of Christ later on in life, including me. And I remember this. I remember... Uh, one of our players, Sidney Green, played about 10 years in the NBA. He was a superstar, just a, you know, a, a dear friend. And, um, uh, I, 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 and he breaks the silence. And you know what he says? He says, he talks to me. And I'm like, why does he point me out? And he goes, he goes, Rich, what do you think about that? And I knew what he was talking about. And I went, I go, what do I think about what? <laughs> and he goes, what that guy said in there. And I went, oh! And you know what I said? I, isn't it funny I remember this? I go, you know what, Sydney? I don't think anything about it. I don't think good or I don't think bad. 
I don't, I don't, I don't, translation, I don't want to think about it. Because I know that if I think about it, I'll think about it more. And if I think about it more, something could change. And I don't want my life to change. So I don't want to think about it. I'm not a hater. I still want to think about it. And one of our other guys, Grant Gorgian, and uh, he, he stands up and, and, and he says, I think it's great. And he's serious. He goes, I think we should have Bible studies and everything. And you know what I do? I turned at him and I go, shut up. And I threw a towel at him. And everybody started, you know, he was, you know, getting pelted by towels. I go, what's wrong with you, man? Nobody wants a Bible study. Oh, yes, in the very core of my heart. Oh, I did. But I remembered. I remembered God's visitations in my life. I did. I remember them all. Let me finish up, guys. All right. God's pursuing you. He's not going to stop. I don't care if you've known him all your life or if you don't know him. He will not stop pursuing you. Because that's what his goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. He doesn't quit. You know what else that tells me? That tells me that, that your best days are ahead. You know why? Because his goodness and mercy follows you. It doesn't matter what you've, what, what it, where you've been. Oh, it matters what you've done. It's not that it doesn't matter. But, but, but your greatest days of usefulness, your greatest days of service, your greatest days are still ahead of you if you will follow and surrender. Now, I want to kind of leave you with this. He loves you. And there isn't a thing you can do about it. Turn to somebody and tell them that. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. There's not a thing you can do about it. Sorry. Through your failures, your victories, your highs, your lows, warts and all. And guess what? It has nothing to do with merit. It has nothing to do with what you do for him. Because, oh, I know, I do so much for the Lord. Yes, yes, yeah, okay, great. Keep on doing that. But that's got nothing to do with you being with him and getting to him. Mark Twain said it this way, if heaven goes by, uh, 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 he said this, heaven goes by favor. If it went by merit, you would stay out and your dog would go in. If it went by merit. Last scripture I want to share with you is in Luke chapter 23. What's the word today? Remember. Remember. And what's the other word? Mercy. Remember. It, It says, Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. Yeah. Luke chapter 23, I want to just um, close with this. Jesus is on the cross. There are two thieves next to him. They're arguing. Right? And dying men seldom lie. There's no pretense with dying men. And one of them is like, okay, man, you're supposed to be Jesus. These are his last, among his last words. And his words are, get me off of this cross. If you are who you say you are, get me off of this thing. 
get, get yourself off and get us off too. He just wants a pass. He doesn't care anything. I didn't care anything. You know what? If the Lord would have done that, I don't think he would have even fall. I think he would have said, thanks, man, and just be gone. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he would have. And so he's going on and on. And, and then, and one of the, and then it, we're picking up in verse, verse 39. It says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoff. Oh, here you go. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. You know what Jesus could have said? Yo, you don't even know me, man. You know of me. You don't know me. You're, what, what, what does Jesus say? Nothing. There are only seven statements he made for the cross, and, and he wasn't going to even address that one. But he's got another statement he's going to make this. Because the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you're, you're, you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. By the way, that's me. That's me. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. How did he know that? Dying lips seldom lie. And he knew something about this Jesus. And maybe he just discovered it when he got hung next to him on the cross. Okay? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus. Could you read that next sentence, please? When you come into your kingdom. (laughs) What a big ask. Now some would say, oh come on, you're a thief. You deserve to die. How dare you ask Jesus to do something good for you when maybe your whole life you've lived it as a criminal and now at the last second you want to try to get into the kingdom of God? Oh the gall. Dying lips seldom lie. And he says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Seven statements from the cross. One of them was to a dying thief next to him. And he says this. I assure you today. What does it say? Read it. You will be with me in paradise. Surely goodness and loving kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't wait till it's your last breath. Don't. This man did. But I just want to say I believe that he died a whole lot differently. Still died. And it was still excruciating. But I believed he died differently than the cat next to him. On the other side of Jesus, that is. According to mercy, remember. Remember, God. Remember. Remember. All right? Remember. Remember who you are, saint. Remember what Jesus has done. Remember what you have in Christ. Remember. Don't forget. You know what? Tell somebody else. Tell somebody else. 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Man, oh, God, you're so good. Yeah, God, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, that you would um, seal this word in our hearts, oh, God, that, that your mercy would, would be at the forefront of our hearts and minds, oh, Lord, and that, Lord, we just, we just, we just say we love you and, and, and we receive it. Lord, you, you have not dealt with us according to our sins and according to our transgressions and all of our wrongs. You have not dealt with us. No, you deal with us, Lord, when we sin. You do. doesn't mean you don't. But, Lord, you've not, you've not stamped our file guilty and filed it away. You've not done that. And for those who believe in Jesus Christ and confess that with your mouth and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. This says you shall be saved. We've been saved by your loving kindness, by your mercy. And if you've never received the mercy of, 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 of God, you've never embraced him, but today you would be like, that's so me. That's so me. Man, you're just like reading my mail, man. You know that's me. And, and you would like to pray that prayer. Would you just... Would you just say these words, and you can say them silently, you can say them out loud, however you want to say these in, your, in the quietness of your own heart, whatever. Just say, and there might be some here that are saying, God, I've been far from you. I need to come back to you today. Would you just pray these? Just say, Lord Jesus, I ask your forgiveness. I need mercy today. And I receive it from you. Would you forgive me all of my sins? In your wrath and your anger toward those who sin, which I am one, would you remember your mercy for me? May I be with you in paradise, as the thief said. I acknowledge my faults and I acknowledge your great love for me and I receive it today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for life. In Jesus' name. I want you to know if you pray that prayer, there's a, there's a, there's a big old party going on in heaven for you right now. And um, uh, it, did anybody, just get a little quick show of hands, did anybody say that? I just want to see if anybody did this morning. Amen, brother. Amen. Two, three, right there. Yay. God knows. God knows. Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody else. Anybody else? Anybody else? You know, for some, the, the, your whole life could come down to this, mo- this minute right here, this moment where you're like, yeah, that's what I need. Amen. Would you welcome those this, uh, this morning who have... Uh... Amen. 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 All right. Uh, well, God bless you guys. Our prayer team will make their way up here. And if you've got something you need to pray about, these people, they love Jesus and they love praying. And so they'll be here. And so uh, anyway, have a great, great week in Jesus. And um, uh, get to those light groups. There are still... You can, it's not too late to join up. We've got some information that shows where they are. And so we want to increase that number even more. So God bless you guys. Have a great, great week in the Lord.
mercy endures forever. Now come on, clap your hands and shout if you believe it tonight. Come on, everybody. Your mercy endure it forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endure it forever. 